Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast where we look to reassure everyone that football is fixable. All right, Cess? All right. How are we today? Yeah, really good. Actually, even better than normal because we have a special guest today. Very special. <laughs> well, um, indeed, I'd like to introduce everyone to Dan. Hey, Dan, can you hear us? I can indeed. Hello. Hello. How are you? How yeah. are you both? <laughs> Good, yeah. Um, just so everyone knows, the sound is um, well. He's coming through technology. He is. Uh, it's like a Zoom cally thing we've got going on. Um, so Dan, <laughs> if you didn't want to sound yeah, like you were you were mid thirties, <laughs> yeah, that definitely uh, made me sound old there, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, very. Good. <laughs> we've got the, some technology being used. The <laughs> the web that that web thing that witchcraft. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Dan and Dan, um, what team do you support? Um, that is private information. Uh, <laughs> I support Manchester United. Yeah. He's so, a United fan. He, that's something he probably doesn't say in public too much these days. No. And it's very apt for him to uh, come onto a, a podcast which is designed to fix things. So Yeah. They sort of go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to fix. Um, so yeah, today this episode is a special bonus episode. Um, where we are yeah. looking at how we fix the Man United team and the manager and everything down where... Which, as well, instead of fixing everything in terms of the club, we're looking at fixing the things on the pitch, really, aren't we? That's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, and in essence, I think the problem uh, with United, we, we do recognise it starts from the top, going all the way to the bottom. So we do recognise, we, we both believe, Glazers... Terrible yeah. owners, they need to go. Yeah, there's but, going to be all kinds of things, like you say, like setting the culture from the top. and Yeah, so we're not going to be focusing on that for now. We're just so, going to be focusing... So is the, is the G word banned from this this particular conversation? Gorgonzola? No, you can say that however many times you want. No. Glazers. Oh, oh, oh Glazers. Right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you, I'm I guessing you might... Them, I won't mention them once in any, <laughs> in any argument right. I make. What we're going to be doing today is looking at the footballing side of Man United. So we're going to be looking more at the kind of, the, from the management, the tactics, the team, that kind of thing. Because as you were saying, says the Glazers and that, I'm sure a lot of people will refer to, or the owners... Sporting director, I know there's been a few issues there. They're trying to hire one, or the there haven't there hasn't been one, shall we say? And there's all sorts of things around the training ground and lots of other things that have been well publicised and everything. Right. So then, um, getting on with the footballing side of Man United, uh, Dan, what's your thoughts initially on how United are doing on the footballing side? What are your sort of first okay, thoughts so around I mean, that? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's frustrating to watch, like. <laughs> At the moment, watching the first eleven, it is an absolute roller coaster, and I'm, it's at a point where it's, you struggle to to enjoy it. And it's kind of like you get to the end of the game, you think, "Oh, again!" Like, I mean, it's been a difficult season. Mm, However, yeah. um, there's a lot of stuff happening on a footballing scale um, that hasn't happened in the past since Ferguson. So. Um, what do you mean? I, I don't want to sort of ramble on too much, so by all means interject when you guys want to. But um, I think the first thing for me is a positive to take from what we're seeing is Menu and Garnacho, so two academy graduates that have been brought through and really have excelled under Ten Hag with his very hands-on coaching style. Um, he's really brought a lot out of those two players, and they're probably the 
only highlights in what has been a dismal season so far. Um, okay. But they're only yeah. the tip of the iceberg, you know. And it's very exciting to watch. And the thing is with United is in the past, it's always been a thing about the youth and academy and stuff like that. And um, since Ferguson left, that's been totally abolished. Like, um, there's a, that side of identity we've just lost. We, you know, you sign Di Maria, you sign Paul Pogba. I know he originally was in our academy, but we got rid of him and then brought him back. So that was all a strange thing as well. Um, so are you seeing on a Ten Hag's bringing a? Is it? Is do you feel there's progress being made now that wasn't made before? Yes, because by by going back to like an academy and a philosophy, like Ten Hag did this at Ajax as well. This is why Ten Hag is a great coach for United because he's done it at another big club at the top level. The Ajax team that got through to the semi-finals in the Champions League. You look at. Um, was it Frankie de Jong, uh, de Litt, um, Van der Beek, although obviously he's fallen off a cliff, but at the time, I think he was nominated for Ballon d'Or that year, you know? Um, when you say um, progression, from when to when? Are we talking about the beginning of Ten Hag's tenure, or do you mean prior to that? Because prior to that, they were... Uh, well, who was it? Oli, wasn't it? Uh, Oli Solskjaer. When was Ranić? Was that... In the, it was either bridging... I think he was in between. In between, yeah. yeah. And that was... Do you mean uh, an improvement from that kind of era or do you mean from when Ten Hag first joined? I, so, um, as in... Okay, so from Ten Hag from when Ten Hag first joined, we've seen an improvement. So, um, if you look at, um, for example, okay, there's the under-18s Premier League. If you look at where United were in that in 2020 under Solskjaer's reign, I think we were like sixth or something by middle of the year, like sixth or seventh, like mid-tech, particularly average, do you know what I mean? Um, something, something like that. And we were also buying in a lot of young players like Ahmad Diallo, Palestri, um, I think Hannibal was signed in. Like to try and boost the academy, we're trying to do it through signings rather than focusing on the ground level up at how we can promote young players. Now you look, we've got um, a couple of other young players like Dan Gore and that. But the under 18s, uh, top of their um, the under 18 Premier League by like um, I think it's something silly like nine or ten points. So there's just a huge jump in um in the last couple of years that we've seen um but the main thing is when ten Hag first came in he's added a new philosophy that he is putting through the entire system now tom is it tom huddleston um who's currently playing at the under 21 level um tom huddleston yeah he's an old midfielder right he was employed He was in, so basically the under 21s are allowed to outfield. I think it's four players over the age of 21 or something. Um, and what United have done is they've they've given him a contract, but as a player for the under 21s to fill in when when the under 21s are getting called up to the first team or whatever when they need players to make up numbers. Um, but he's also there as like kind of like an a coach so it's like an interim coaching role kind of like a coach player type thing and he was recently on talk sport and they interviewed him and they spoke about how they do things and that 
and he said that the way that they are doing it is that the under 21s the under 18s down every single level are all working to the same um structure so they've all got the same ideas about what's going on so that they can go from one coaching session up into the first team session and they'll know what they're doing um and this is a consistency that hasn't happened in the past um not since ferguson anyway because teams have been uh, the managers have been so focused on just the first team um what well, do you feel then, that's, you know, just think like one thing that's been labeled it at United is that you don't see, or some of the pundits are saying, that you don't see a, a philosophy or a style of play really coming across, that Ten Hag hasn't really, is that eight, is it 18 months or something no, like that? You, yeah. don't, you don't in the first 11, no. So but you did last year, and I think that's what people forget. Football's a very what, it, what is their style? What would you say the United philosophy is then? What is the, or what was it I last mean, year? I think there's a de- okay. I think there's a definite aim. I think there's a definite goal. Um, last year we were very much like um, impacting sort of transitional kind of team, countering um, like hard, like high, like high press, hard working team. Yeah. But um, and and that we got results from that and we got success from that, right? But a lot of it relied on Rashford and the goals, and so it was moments of bits or whatever but sort of individual brilliance wasn't it it was sort of feels, so no one it's, yeah. no one says anything about you know the style or whatever it's you know, obviously when the results aren't going against you now he's obviously made a huge plan in signing Anana to change the way he's doing things and to play out from the back like is I think it's quite evident which is what Ten Hag did at Ajax before that's what he wants to do but you can't just take a team that was particularly from because we also remember the team that Ten Hag inherited like that season under Ralph Rangnick we were woeful we were like awful like people are talking now as if like Ten Hag inherited an excellent Man United team and now all of a sudden they have no identity we haven't had identity for ages we didn't have identity under Mourinho we didn't have identity under Oli we haven't had identity in a long time so this isn't a Ten Hag problem there is it's an amalgamation of a lot of problems you've got players that were signed by um, Mourinho by Oli by whoever and they're all different plans that are all meshed together and Ten Hag's trying to make something work now I, think I understand what you mean about that but I, the the one issue for me is that every single team has had managers come in where they're basically inherit they, all of the players that they inherit are players that mm. they didn't buy. They might be given a chance to buy in the summer if, uh, if they've yeah. got a bit of time or anything. But, but these the one, teams, but these teams have footballing directors. Well, no, the the issue I so, have with United, um, with with your reasoning for for United, is that. It may not necessarily been that Oli had style or anything, but the the style the what they did in order to get the wins with Oli. This is prior to uh, Ronaldo coming in, and I think they ended up sixth then. What the, what they did was they won by a number of people stepping up. Whereas what I noticed last season when United came third, if Rashford hadn't scored those goals they'd probably be in a similar situation to what they are today. Mm. Rashford just seemed to, I don't know if it was just he he realised his potential or he was just in a purple patch of uh, of form or something, but without Rashford's goals, 
And and don't forget, some of those goals, some of those games, he, he actually played very poorly, but he still managed to just get get a goal and United would win 1-0 or something. I just feel as though yeah. it's just because he hasn't scored those goals this season, it's kind of exposed United as this team that pretend, that it's what they should have been last season, yeah, effectively. Possibly. Well, yeah. yeah, but then you've also, on the other side of things, we've conceded a lot more this season as well. Like we had, I think we had the most clean sheets in the Premier League last season. Yeah, um, and I understand Martinez that. This... Is, Martinez is a massive miss as well at the, at the back, you know. Um, yeah, and you, you, I understand that um, Ten Hag is wanting to change his style. He's already said openly that he hasn't got the players to be able to play in the style he wants, and he wants to eventually change it. But the thing is, you've got um, the teams. That the that United should be competing with, you've got Spurs, Newcastle, Villa, all three of those teams have brought in a manager, and then instantly they've got a style and they're able to play. They have a style with the players that they've got, and you think with Ange, he even lost possibly the best striker in the world right now, and still he was able to impose a certain style. A style that's called Ange Ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tottenham fans and that seem to be shouting yeah. yeah, and yeah, Ten Hag's like... had 18 months. He's been able to spend hundreds of millions on the players that he wants and yet he hasn't got the uh, a certain style of his own that the other teams around him uh, were able to do in a very short space no, of time. But, but, but you, can't, you, can't, you can't say that that last season was down to Rashford and not Ten Hag, for example. Like that's kind of what your point is, and I disagree with that. Like you can't you can't like Ten Hag's come in, Rashford the season before was woeful and to be honest, in my opinion, had two or three poor seasons before that. Like he maybe had one decent season, which was like the COVID season when he got like twenty goals. But outside of that he's never been amazing. Right, yeah. um, but last season he had a very good season. Now, yeah, you're right. It might have been a purple patch or something. However, I firmly believe that Ten Hag enables him to have that in his management. So you, Rashford hasn't pulled that out of his ass. Rashford is not the kind of player that can just stand up and just make something out of nothing. He, he can't do that. He he isn't that strong characteristic wise we've seen that because he's only had one decent season where he's seen his full potential and that's because personally i think he doesn't have the the mindset for it i don't think he's like a a killer like winner i just don't see it i'm not saying i want him out but i don't think he should be the flagship player i don't think he's the player that you hang your hat on he's capable of great things and i don't want to see him out of the club um because he's a good player right but if your very best player if your flagship player is a good player you're never going to win anything your flagship player has to be a world-class player and in my opinion Rashford is a good player but he's not a world-class player well Um, as you as you know we've got literally uh, a dozen fans um, that uh, listen to us on a semi-regular basis (laughs) so um, and they are they're very yeah they're very demanding when it comes to us fixing things because I think they're very they're used to it now. They're, they can trust us in the ability to, to be able to fix yeah. things. They know that we have the gift. Yeah. But, but uh, I would say when it comes to United, uh, there, there's got to be quick fixes. And I think one problem that I have with Ten Hag, although you can't necessarily say he's got a style, there's one particular thing that he seems to be allowing, which is his forwards don't seem to want to feed the striker. 
they bought yeah. uh, they brought in Hoyland and instead of him being a 20 year old learning under another striker they yeah. just they threw him into the deep end and they're not giving the ball to him they're What's not that, uh, that stat we heard recently about how many times they've passed to him in yeah, it's like yeah, five so balls. Received the ball like the, the least of any number nine in the Premier League or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you're going to do that, then there's got to be a reason for it. And although Hoyland's a, he's a decent uh, forward in terms of the, his pressing game, he runs a lot. But it's almost as though he's just been told to just run like a headless chicken up front, just do what you can, try and get the ball. Uh, and it just seems. Well, there is. In the last, I'd say, in, I'd argue in the last few games, we've seen a slight change towards, um, like, a little bit more, um, like, wing play from Rashford and Garnacho. So I think having Garnacho on the right now, which is a relatively new thing, I think we see a lot more, like, deliveries and stuff into the box for Hoyland. So he's getting more service now, um, particularly from Garnacho on the right. And it's something I'd like to stick with, to be honest. I think it works. I'd, I'd much happier having Garnacho on the right than Anthony. So, yeah. You know. Do you think he's um, someone that uh, is definitely he needs to be out the door? Yeah, I think so. Because I've I've I often think, thought that he's he's meant to be. I know Lissandro Martinez. He's been a good signing that uh, hmm. uh, Ten Hag made. Yeah. Onana. Yeah. Um, I mentioned to James this before. Onana is someone he he reminds me of a goalkeeping version of Darwin Nunes, where I can't work out if he's brilliant or terrible. Um, and you can, <laughs> but you can tell there's there's an extreme there, whichever way it goes. So the jury's still out on him for me. Uh, but I don't know. I, for to, me, no, 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 no. I've got to jump in here because uh, what's the first thing that you want a keeper to do? And that's make saves. Oh yeah, I mean you you Onana want him to do the save anything. <laughs> Well, you can't, you can't say he can't save anything. He saved stuff. Has he? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen him at least make one save. Um, uh, and I've seen it. He yeah, he's he has, got a good pass on yeah, him. Yeah, he has made. He has. He has made a few decent saves. Actually, he's made a few decent saves. But and in the Premier, his stats are actually not that bad. He 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 does make you insanely nervous though. Watching yeah. like every single corner, every set piece around, like you're just well, this is going to be a goal. Like you just you have like no confidence. No yeah, confidence I still have. All. I still feel like the jury's still out on him because mm. he last season there was no word, there's no sniff of him being uh, unreliable or anything for Inter. So I've got to got to give him his dues he's got to be there for a reason but I just I feel as though jury's still out on him whereas Anthony is someone there was a lot of money spent on him and it's someone that Ten Hag specifically wanted yeah from Ajax wasn't it I think from Ajax yeah Yeah. and he's come in and you can tell he's still now wanting to be that number seven player the uh you know the the United special guy uh, with the The overflowing confidence yeah the confidence and you can see that you know his start, he, he's, especially when he first um, joined, I remember he scored against us. He scored against Arsenal and he did this celebration that was, you think, okay, he's a bit cocky and he's a bit, you know, confident, that kind of thing. Hmm. And then since then... He was just very bitter, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's absolutely no bitterness there at all. I, I Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, and he's... But what I see is Ten Hag still plays him um, I know he has had maybe limited choice in some cases because of injuries and things, but he's still playing him, even though I don't see him, what he's offering on in terms of quality and creating chances. No, and he's, I don't see him working hard either, yet Tim Hag's still playing him. Oh, I, okay, I disagree with that. I do see him working hard. 
Okay. Oh yeah, you, one thing to remind you, Dan. Um, you're a guest, so you probably don't know this, but um, your opinion's fine, but you are incorrect. Um, if, if you if you don't agree with us, then it is still wrong. Just yeah, you're welcome it. to it, oh, okay. but it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, but carry on. Carry on with the 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 incorrect uh, notion there. Fixing people's yeah. opinions. Um, <laughs> no, if you um, he he works he works a lot harder than Rashford, let's say. Like if I was to, if I was to, um, like Rashford's got more quality, so you, that's why he ends up in the team. But on like work rate and stuff, I am as a fan, I find it much more frustrating watching Rashford than I do watching Anthony. So although okay. Anthony doesn't have a huge end product and he keeps it safe all the time or whatever, at least you see him work, you see him track back, you see him making tackles. I don't. Like, you can't. You like to see that, you know. So I'd like to see it. Yeah, I I see Anthony using a lot of his energy, but not necessarily for good. The thing is, I think it was match of the day, and maybe this is just you see United more than I do, Dan. Um, yeah, I see highlights and things, but I don't always watch them as you know, not necessarily as often as you do. Um, match of the day, I can't remember who the the pundit was. I think it was against West Ham, and they particularly highlighted Anthony because. He's, he wasn't making the certain runs he should be making. He wasn't tracking back when they lost the ball. I know there's plenty of times that that's happened with Rashford this season as well. But I just I feel Anthony I'd, just... I'd, yeah, I'd say I'd say that's that's not as common an occurrence with okay. Anthony as it is with Rashford. So it's more common with um, Rashford. And I do also think because Anthony is the kind of character that he is, um, I think it's quite easy to single him out for behaviour and stuff. And I think it's done unfairly now. I don't think Anthony's good enough, and I don't think, not for the Premier League anyway. Um, I think he probably did quite well in the Spanish league or something like that. Yeah, um, possibly. But yeah. I, I don't think he is good enough for United. However, um, I do think he, he tries hard, and I do think he, he works hard, and I think um, he actually cares. I mean, that's the you know, minimum like, you expect, isn't it? That they that, work hard. And one thing I said. Oh, sorry. Go on. That's. The, that's the key. That's the key thing we've been missing for so long that Ten Hag has bought. You know, like this whole, you know, getting rid of all of the like bad eggs. You know, and like like kind of almost feels like we're getting a little bit of credibility back, um, a little bit of discipline and stuff like that, which just hasn't been there for so long. Um, which is the thing that I, you know, as much as you're not seeing results on the pitch and stuff like that, like. You know, it's at least at least we're seeing some kind of like ethic, like you know. Well, um, if you, uh, I just like to. Um, it's a good segue in terms of you bringing up um, discipline, because I wanted to bring up a certain Bruno Fernandez. Um, and oh yeah, yeah. Every every United fan I've spoken to, or I. Uh, watch on YouTube. They talk about Bruno Fernandes. A few of them said that uh, they're either uh, he's either as good as De Bruyne or better than De Bruyne. One of them even said that he was in the top three of best players in the world right now. Really? Yeah. Players. I mean, don't get me. I mean, I do, do rate Bruno Fernandes. Technically, he's a he's, brilliant player. He's brilliant. Yeah. So with Bruno, the the issue that I have with him is not necessarily his ability, because when he first came to United, I think he was absolutely incredible for United it's exactly what they needed because yeah, yeah. they were lacking real quality going forward creative, creative you know, yeah. balls going forward rather than pass sideways or backwards and he was brilliant but then he's become a for me he's become a player that is now almost too big for the team 
which is strange to say because this is Man United, but I feel like he's got more power and authority than Ten Hag right now. Whatever, however much we say we don't see a style from Man United, there is one particular way that I tend to see United play, which is they try to get the wingers to be some kind of uh, the creative uh, aspect of the attacking game. And Bruno seems to be allowed to play a, a free roaming role. Well, there was one yeah. pundit recently that said that he was he he was everywhere, but and although that's a great thing, it also detracts from any tactic that you want to play because if you want to if you're a player and you want to make sure that you you know where the other player is and you want to pass to them in the center and Bruno's not there because he's over in the right back position, it it can really put other players off, and I, I feel yeah. as though he's quite often with his. Um, attitude as well towards the referee or his diving as well and his um, his disciplinary record and everything I feel as though it it's almost less than admirable yeah and it kind of takes away from this whole team ethic that I feel United is really trying to build they're trying to be a whole team and then yeah all of a sudden Bruno it, it feels like he's a diva I don't know okay can I add one more um, thing before getting Dan's side of it Dan? Yeah, yes. Yeah, Can I just change, say, yeah, you go. build on what Cess just said as well, um, is he actually captain material? So can we add that into your answer? So what's your thoughts on Bruno? Is he a good captain? Is he? Do you disagree with what Cess has said? Oh yeah, and by the way, I'm not saying that he shouldn't play. He should absolutely be on the Man United team sheet. He should be one of the first players chosen for United. But I just feel as though all other captains uh, for the other top teams in the league... I just don't see them uh, acting, reacting the way he is and um, kind of going against the grain uh, as, you know, I don't imagine Erdegaard or any other captains doing that. What do you think? Mm. Um, it's hard to say anything negative against him only because he is or, and has been our top performer and really the only, the only player we have that is, I think close to world-class quality he's easily our best player um technically um yeah, i probably agree and that, yeah. he you cannot deny he doesn't give anything less than 110 percent. and yeah he moans and he whines and stuff like that but it's all passion um and oh, it's, it's hard it's hard to argue against his passion and his drive and his work rate when at the same in the same breath United fans are arguing about the lack of all of those things from all of the other players so you, you know you, you can't contradict your own argument by saying I want to see more passion and more fight and more blah and then you've got a player out there that's got his heart on his sleeve trying to give absolutely everything who happens to be our best player and then complain that he's you know too I don't know, emotional or something, you know, like, I, I think, I think... But there's players I like, for think, example, I'd say... I don't think he's... Okay, put it this way. I don't think he's an incredible captain. I right. don't think he's really captain material. I'd agree with but, that. But, 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 right. right, I think he's the best candidate to be a captain in that Man United squad. So he, I do is it more that he's the least better, worst option? I don't see a better option. Right. I mean, you're saying wearing hearts on your sleeves and stuff. I mean, in Arsenal sense, I say Declan Rice wears his heart on his sleeve. 
but he doesn't come with all the. Is it fair to say baggage? No. I, I don't. Maybe that's but harsh on Bruno, but, but all those things you talk about. Different personalities. I understand people's frustration with him and stuff like that, and that's it's just that's who he is, you know. Um, I don't agree with all of the, you know, the cheating and trying to win a foul here and stuff like that and and everything else. But I do agree with him just giving everything every single game. And okay, it comes out in different ways and it comes out in a way that some people don't like. But at least he gives everything. Um, he does. Yeah, I'd say yeah, he, he does work really hard, doesn't he? Yeah. Well. Um, but he's the only player that really does. So what are your so if you could say three key things to fix Man United, what would they be? On the on the from the footballing side. Um okay, so I think patience is key. Um okay. I think that there is a methodology going into the youth of the club and stuff like that to bring through for us to see an improvement in this team but we're looking at an improvement in like three to four years I don't think this is something that's going to happen overnight um, I are think you saying to give Ten Hag um, are you saying be patient with Ten Hag for three or four years yes or? Okay. yes yeah that's what I'm saying because I think there's like a long game here I think through well, after after Moyes destroyed the club um, by removing all of Ferguson's coaches and all the backroom staff because of his ego and he thought it'd be a great idea to Ooh. bring his own people in. Wow. Um, were, this is going to be on the newspapers and all, up to the task, <laughs> right? Took us back, took us back to just square one and then we've been building from there. So, <laughs> Moyes, Van Howe, Mourinho, Oli Solskjaer, right? They've all had a short period of time. We've tried to do quick fixes, patch it up, and we've been sort of like just keeping our head above water, just about dipping in and out of the top four just by doing patch-up jobs. And the club needs a really strong restructure from the ground up um, through the youth academy and everything else, which is why we need to give Ten Hag time, which is why patience is the thing. Man United is not a quick fix. Like... We're gonna to have to get used to the fact that we're not gonna win anything for a while. Like I think that needs to be accepted. To be accepted that Man United are not like a top club anymore, right? So we have to have patience with Ten Hag. We have to keep that, like, keep an idea of that process in mind and build something for the future. I do think that players like Bruno Fernandez, like. Casemiro, Varane, all these players that are in the end of their careers, right? Because Bruno Fernandes is like 30 now. Um, I think we need to think about replacements for these people much younger so that we can develop a team of a much younger age that can develop together and then in like three, four, five years, hopefully be at a level that we're challenging. So, so I'm sort of picking up, is, would that be, so patience being one, Building from the academy yeah. being two, is that your kind of second yeah. plan, yeah, second yeah. strategy, if you like? Um, yeah. Is there any other key thing you think needs to fix uh, the team? Um, we need to be more. We need to be more ruthless, which um, is starting to happen. Um, so, like players, for example, you've got Anthony Martial, right? That's still on a, con- a contract that should never have 
still been there. You've got, uh, if you, I don't know if you remember Phil Jones, um, he was injured for pretty much his entire career and we just continued to extend his contract. We need to be more ruthless and stop these high wages. You look at Sancho, it's another one. We can't sell him, we've had to loan him to Dortmund. So well, you've had to pay him as well, haven't you? I think. Playing, <laughs> sat in his bedroom playing FIFA for two months and then transfer day transfer window comes up we can't even sell him we've got to loan him out it's ridiculous Are you you know um, we mentioned about um Ange possibly at Spurs and Unai Emery having quite quick impacts at their clubs is it at United yeah. that it's just a completely different there's so much more going on well no because Ten, no, Ten Hag had a quick impact okay Unai Emery is, is, I mean, he's scored the, more points than pretty much season. every other team. We, we, obviously, Ten Hag's at a second season in, so he's at a different point of his progression. Is it, the, um, is it like the second album of a band? Like, it's always, like, notoriously difficult to no, match the first no, one. No, 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 it's like, I personally think that Ten Hag in his first season tried to put something together so he could get some kind of results um, to give him time. But I think he has a longer plan and changing the way that because the thing is, the club was so ruined. We had no way of playing football, nothing. I can't remember the last time I, mean, like, I enjoyed playing a style of, like watching a style of football that United played. It's been a long time, long, long time. So um, it's, it's something that needed drastic, drastic changes and drastic changes, yeah. but with the players that he's inherited who were proven to be useless, you know? Um, Don't hold back, Dan. You know, that, well, you, you know, like, um, yeah, there's, there's, but he's he had an instant impact, you know. There was a huge turnaround last season from the season before. It's just now he's trying to do something different and he's trying to build a, a different way of playing and do something that's a little bit more long-term that can bring us success because in the way that we were going we were doing things we were never going to be anything more than a top four team but obviously Ten Hag wants to do something bigger than that but it just means now right now we're taking a bit of a backward step before we go there you know right um, well yeah. what do you think Ancest? what do you think the main things are that United need to do to address let's see if um, do we agree with Dan um, I think Dan's made very good points and as as a United fan he's able to see things in a closer uh, perspective, more detailed perspective than than we could. Yeah. yeah. But um, to be honest, for me, I love the idea of giving managers time, and and I like I like your enthusiasm in giving giving him three four years to try and of his projects kind of thing. Yeah, 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 for it to come to fruition. But realistically, that's not going to happen for any, especially any top teams nowadays. You got to look at well, United's been doing that for. A fair few years now, they've just been going from manager to manager. And while I don't like it, I think that's going to continue. And if that's the case, they, are, for me, I think they need to actually uh, consider removing these top players that play week in, week out, 90 minutes a game. Players like Rashford, Anthony, the players that are on high wages and they're expected to play all the time, mm. I would say... Get a uh, get an academy player in there. Get a youth player in there. Someone who they're going to put far more effort in. They might not have the 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 abilities that someone like Rashford has, but I would say Rashford isn't deserving at the moment of playing ninety minutes a game. 
and he's been playing 90 minutes a game. And then he would occasionally get given a penalty, and then there's this idea, well, maybe this will spur him on, but yeah, it doesn't, yeah. and it's the same thing next so week. So inconsistent, isn't it? Yeah, and I think... I think it has to yeah, get I to agree. a point. I agree with you, this. I agree with that. Yeah, it, it has to get to a point. I think Ten Hag has to be strong enough to say he's not going to pay. Uh, he's not going to play the highest paid players or the, the biggest name players just because they're uh, of their fame. I think he's got to be brave enough just to say, "Enough is enough." If you're not going to perform to the ability that you clearly yeah. are capable of, then you're going to be on the bench for a certain number of. Uh, weeks. My fix would be similar to Dan's in a sense that build a team around youth. I'm looking at Arsenal. I'm looking at oh Chelsea's not a good example actually. Uh, <laughs> but build you know building a team around young players with a few more established players that you can rely on. I wouldn't have Bruno as my captain. So I think academy build a team around the academy is key. Would you agree, Seth? Is that one thing you'd be? Yeah, I think so. It it kind of ties into. I think you need to freshen up. And it ties up, yeah, a lot of what you were saying, and it builds on what Dad, uh, Dad, <laughs> what Dan was saying, um, as well. And um, so I think that's one key fix that I'd agree with. Yeah, and that's any any other fixes I would say has to involve higher ups, the board, the, yeah. the owners, and everything. And there's lots there, isn't there? Yeah, and we've promised not to talk about that in this podcast because uh, we'll be fixing it another time. But uh, yeah, how how. <laughs> how how do you feel, Dan? Uh, as a United fan, how do you feel um, in knowing that you've got the two of us uh, ready to fix United for you? You know what, I I I am very excited for the future. You know, there's me thinking that Jim Jim Ratcliffe was the new dawn, but actually, no, no, I've, it's you two, it's you guys. Yeah, exactly. It's, I think uh, Jim Ratcliffe is actually. Uh, I think he's going to be contacting us, isn't he? He's a regular listener. He's probably one of he's so, one of the he's one of the twelve do- dozens of people it's following us. Dawn. Yeah, it's a double dawn for United. <laughs> so. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Dan. We'll bring the um, the episode to a close there then. Um, thanks for joining, Dan. And um, if it's if you're too popular, thanks for having me. Yeah, if you're too popular, this will be the last time. Um, we can't have you <laughs> outperforming us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Thanks. I, 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 I highly doubt it. I think I went on a ramble a lot. I'm a rambler, so. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to edit all that out. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll pretty much edit you out to the point that you just kind of say hello, and then that's about it. Yeah, I think most okay, sense was. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's fine. I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a guest. He's just going to listen for now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, thanks very much for joining us, Dan. Um, everyone else, uh, thanks for all the positive feedback. We've had loads more, haven't we, Sess? Oh, um, fantastic. More yeah. 12 of them again. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was actually, um, uh, during the week, I was inundated with a comment. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, uh, the last bonus episode we did uh, when we were talking about the Restless Football Awards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone commented to say that uh, for the Bursting Onto the Scene Awards, they recommended Evan Ferguson. Oh, that's a good shout. That we didn't think of him. That, yeah. that is a good shout. He was, yeah. Yeah, he, was, uh, he definitely did burst onto the scene. He got that hat trick and everyone... Everyone bought him on fantasy football and then he got injured. Then he got injured, yeah. yeah. So, oh, so it's law, eh? But yeah, so thanks everyone for all the positive feedback. Please do um, like and share and follow. Um, and yeah, let's, you know, have your feedback as well. You know, yeah. have we, do you agree with our fixes? Have we helped fix United today? Yeah. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audible now. Yes. And yeah. oh yeah, and we've got all sorts of socials in the development, haven't we? We've yeah. got some... 
pages as well you can follow us on and I think YouTube content will be coming soon. So. That'll be soon, yeah. Instagram, you can follow us on uh, Football is Fixable. Um, and on Twitter, Football is Fixable All Right. Ah, we're on Twitter now. Yeah. We're going places. We are, yeah. So thanks very much, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.